Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk. Brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Hello, good evening and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to know your thoughts on the weekend sporting weekend. Just let us know on 083 311 You can also get us on WhatsApp, the same number, 083 Our Twitter handle is at TipFMSport, but that text number again, 083 Later in tonight's show, we look back on Tip's footballing trip to Longford, ended in a draw, somewhat controversial circumstances. We'll hear from David Power and we'll talk to Tom McGrath and Martin Quinlivan as well. Tony Smith will join us to talk about the Tipperary ladies football. We hear from Dennis Kelly after our Camogie ladies went at Parnell Park and defeated Dublin. Alan Quinlan will be long to talk about Six Nations Rugby and where we're at in that. We've local soccer with Barry Ryan. But let's start with events in Crow Park on Saturday night. A cold Crow Park by all accounts. Wasn't there myself, but I hear it was pretty cold for the faithful who made the journey up to uh, north side of Dublin. It finished Tipperary 2.23, Dublin 24 points. Lots to talk about, lots to unpick from this. Let's hear from Liam Cal though, because he spoke to Paul Cal and the rest of the assembled media in Crow Park at the full-time whistle. Absolutely delighted, yeah. Um, all was new. That was going to be a tough assignment up here. A um, couple of couple of players on the squad that hasn't haven't played in Crow Park before, so um, uh, you know, happy happy to get the result. Definitely not maybe massively over happy with a lot of aspects of our play, but you know, uh, another two points on the board and, and uh, three from three now. So happy enough. Strange, really lacked really any intensity really, and I suppose even though you went in at a half time point up. A lot of first half has played in Dublin terms. Yeah, yeah, we were very lucky to win it at half time and point up. Um, you know, and, and, and you're correct in saying it was played on Dublin's terms early on. They had a lot more movement in us, a lot more energy. Um, but that was, that's probably what happens when you travel away from home and, and you know, five o'clock in the evening. I'm not making excuses, our energy wasn't where it needed to be, but in fairness to the players, they addressed it well at half time and started the second half really well. So. Um, yeah, just delighted that, that we, we got the result in the end. Conor Bowe's chance was, a, was, was really well executed. Probably a bit fortunate with the way the ball broke to Jason for the second. But Jason being Jason, what a finish like when he when the half chance was there, he was able to get the hurley to it and, and into the back of the net. So, you know, glad to get the two goals. Without them, obviously, we'd have been in, in a bit of bother. But, uh, yeah, all in all, good to get two chances and convert it to a new position for Brian you know, at this level, back there, and I suppose he used to play in at six for, for his college, uh, UN, and, and his club, but uh, I thought he, he did ter- terrifically well at, at full-back today and was, you know, exposed one-on-one quite a bit, which is always a worry in the modern game, but he, you know, Brian is a very, very capable player and really happy with the way he performed, and I suppose Mikey coming on a wing allows him to you know, exploit his athleticism and his his ability to get up and down the field, and especially in the second half, I thought he, he did that quite quite well. In terms of what problems Donald Burke caused you in the first half, he got six points from play. He seemed to be he's, he seemed to be drifting more rather than being a right wing forward. Yeah, well, Donald Burke is you know one of the best marksmen in, in the country, really, um, really, really good forward, and. Um, you know, he rotated a lot, started at 11 and was popping up all over the place. And he's one of these, I suppose, modern 
modern half forwards now that can appear anywhere and uh, he's moving created a lot of difficulty for us but I think yeah, young Johnny Ryan in the second half um, kind of stemmed that a little bit and gave us a chance as a defensive six to try and put better shape on our on our structure and that back there and that helped I think to, to quench that a, a little bit I suppose we're like every team really we have um, trying to keep our our work up and mix it and, and match it with matches coming as well so yeah the two week week break will be very welcome allow a few little niggles um, muscle injuries to to settle down and um, yeah look forward to another massive challenge in Turles in two weeks time again again Watford yeah so we have a weekend off from a hurling point of view next weekend because uh, it'll be two weeks before we take on Waterford in our penultimate round of games in the National Hurling League all of a sudden we're into the last two matches I think we have to play Waterford in Semple Stadium and then up to Corrigan Park to take on Antrim and three wins from three so far Ken Hogan was in Crow Park a very cold Crow Park on Saturday evening Ken how are you? Fine, Ronan, how are you? You've thawed out, thankfully. Um, it, yeah. it was cold. Um, a quick word on some of the things to pick up from Liam's interview there. He said, uh, interestingly, that he thought the first half was played on Dublin's terms and we hadn't brought the required energy to the game with a five o'clock throw-in on a Saturday in Dublin. Yeah, Dublin obviously had a point to prove. You know, Dublin uh, got a great draw in Dungarvan. Um, they had nothing to lose and they literally threw the kitchen sink at tape in the first half. They went at it big time. They shot in sight. Uh, they had a lot of wides. Donald Burke was in prolific form and it took us a long time to settle into the game. So maybe um, one of the positives then is how we weathered that first half storm because you can talk about the scoring prowess in the second half but you should perhaps, as a Tipperary supporter, should we be as equally pleased with how we responded to Dublin coming fast out of the traps as much as what we did in the second half? Yeah, well, I suppose you have to, I suppose, uh, assess the, the opposition as well. Um, Dublin, you know, they're huff and puff a lot. They have one outstanding forward in Burke. Uh, but other than that, Tipperary uh, backs probably had the measure of, the, of, the, of, of, their, of their forwards. Alex Considine was very, very strong on winning the ball. His finish wasn't good, but uh, Brian O'Mara, uh, the, the heartening thing from our point of view was that Brian O'Mara did start at fullback and settled in very well. He's blocking, he's hooking, and his overall game coming coming with the ball and playing through the lines is excellent. So I think Tip uh, quelled Dublin to an extent, not because that we were anything special, but because of the fact that Dublin aren't natural finishers running. Well, it's interesting uh, what you said about Brian O'Mara because most people would know him as a six or certainly somewhere along the wing-back areas rather than on the edge of the square. So do you think that that experiment was to create a plan B for us if in come championship, if our, supposing Mikey Breen starts at three, that if something happens or you need to change things up or Mikey gets injured, that you have to have a, a ready-made replacement? Do you think that that's what that was about? Ah, I think it's, it's without a shadow of a doubt. Obviously, we're going into the cauldron in Innes um, in Cusick Park the 23rd of April. You've got to look at the bigger picture. And I think any of these players, whether it's Mikey Breen, Ronan Matter, and of course, of the aforementioned Brian O'Mara, they have got to be able to play in the number three position. The day of, uh, you know, a, a standby fullback or, a, you know, an old-fashioned fullback is long gone. And I think it's also the use of the ball, you know, making yourself available. He took a lot of ball as well from Barry Hogan, and he just didn't hit his um, uh, Ronan. He turned and travelled 20, 30 yards. In actual fact, he created an overlap for Mikey Breen, which resulted in a pint for, for Jason Ford, uh, which was a good bit of play right uh, 
you know, from the back. I think Tip are mixing their game up pretty well. And I think to have backs that are comfortable with the ball, and that's, that's Brian O'Mara's hallmark as well, Barrett's hallmark, and even Johnny Ryan, who, who Liam Cattle mentioned, you know, he, he took on Donald Burke in the second half with, 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 with success. But also he can travel with the ball and, you know, break the tackle. And that's, that's the modern-day game, Roland. You've got to be able to play through the lines, but more importantly, you've got to be able to hold on to possession. Yeah, very much so. Um, and just we spoke a bit about Brian and let's Garrod O'Connor, his UL teammate who had such Fitzgibbon success as well. Uh, he's a big unit of a man and also provides a backup from a free taking point of view. Like Jason's obviously going to be on the freeze if if fit. Um, you've also Shamey, obviously an excellent free taker. The two McGrath brothers can take free. Yeah. You know, Garrod can do it too. Garrod can do it too and I think Garrod's uh, while he's taking the freeze, I think Liam Cahill will be looking at him more responsibly as, as a half-forward with ball-winning ability, the ability to travel with the ball, the ability to take scores. So I think there's a number of things that you know, a, a half-forward needs. And he was excellent in that department, particularly in the first half. He won some great balls, won a couple of freeze, scored a couple of fine pines, carried his Fitzgibbon form you know, into the National League. I think, you know, from, from a Tiberi supporter point of view, and, uh, there was a great support for Tipperary, which I believe was uh, Ronan Incroker. And I think from Tipperary's point of view, uh, the public like to see new players coming on the block. They like to see fellas with a bit of brash, like Garota Connor, you know, Connor Bowes of this world, coming on the scene that are creating new opportunities uh, for themselves. But also, we're seeing a different style of play in the Tip team, a, a, a style of play that can win matches, you know, by by breaking, breaking, breaking the tackles. We're seeing as a half forward line that's winning ball more often than not again you know which is something that you know it's been a much maligned line on the Tipperary over a number Correct. of years people have said you know our half forwards just don't win enough of their own ball but he's put Seamus up there who's a big unit Garrod's a big unit Alan Tynan's a big unit um, you know possibly Noel at centre centre forward might be an option when when the championship comes around he does have a lot of options in the half forward line and don't forget Bonnemar of course of course yeah and of course um, you also have to see um, <clears throat> just by default really Brian McGrath picked up a hamstring injury uh, Dan McCormick slotted back into the half back line and Noel McGrath went to his what in my uh, opinion is his best position in midfield I think that's that's really Liam mentioned a few things there but the game really changed in Noel McGrath's introduction because his vision and his overall play was absolutely outstanding. Finding players in, 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 in strong positions, creating scores, but also reading the game so well. So I think, you know, overall, Noel McGrath, centre forward, excellent player. He's well able to play there. But at midfield, he tends to rule the roost. And to have a ball-winning player with him, obviously, will be Liam Cattle's... Um, you know, real ideal mid midfield partnership. So I think overall to get that half half forward line moving and to get the ball to stick in the full forward line because it wasn't sticking last year Roland, there was too much ball been cleared too easily. I think overall uh they're working on the nucleus of, of a very strong unit. I thought it was interesting that when Brian McGrath went off, Liam resisted the temptation to put Seamus Kennedy back there. So it's kind of a way of telling us that Seamus Kennedy's going to stay in the forwards no matter what. Well, I think, uh, in fairness to Seamus Kennedy, Roland, he's proved he's proven his pedigree, you know. Yeah, well, I he plays there for his club as well. Like yeah, that. he's a fine half-back, he's a fine midfielder, um, he's a link man to the forward line. 
it's a you know it's a working transition. Mm. I think I think uh, Seamus himself won't be totally satisfied, probably the way of of his contribution. But you know Seamus, a uh, man of great caliber. I think it is something that's in the back of Liam and Mikey Beavis's head uh, to use him as that link man between the half forward line and the midfield and back line. So. I think overall we can be pretty satisfied that, that that's working pretty well. Yeah, three from three, you know, bigger challenges will come. Um, but I think we learn a lot again from Waterford who will bounce into Crow, uh, into Semple Stadium, I think undefeated as well. Without a doubt, they'll bounce into Crow Park and they'll also, uh, they're starting to Semple Stadium. Mm. Um, um, and that's, that's a curtain raiser to really what's going to be the big day is which is uh, the last game of the championship, which uh, potentially could be uh, playing for for a position in the All Ireland series, which is Tipping Waterford again. So um, that is going to be. I think Waterford will be up for that game. Tipping Waterford games all is all is are, are take on a life of their own. So that that is going to be a big game for for Tipping. Yeah, we will learn a lot more then. Ken, enjoy your week off next weekend, and we'll talk to you in a fortnight's time. Cheers, Ronan. Thanks, Appreciate indeed. That. Bye-bye. It's uh, Ken Hogan joining us there with his reflections on Tip Dublin. Let's stay with this because there's an awful lot to unpick from the match, I think. And uh, JJ, no better man than JJ Kenny to have a go at it for us. How are you, JJ? Hi, Ronan. The campaign so far, three from three, not a lot to be negative about, lots of positives. Bigger tests lie ahead. Is that a fair mid-term assessment? Yeah, I, I suppose... Um Three from three, just bear in mind that one of them was against Leash and the other was against Dublin teams that we'd, we'd normally expect to beat anyway. So that puts it in a little bit of perspective. Um, I think the Kilkenny game was obviously the big one. That was the, that was the, that was the, the, the real big prize in, in the first half of the league. Um, the other games we would be expected to win yesterday or Saturday, I should say, not the greatest, probably. The, I, would, I would have said the weakest of the three performances. Um, one that we, we just about got out of and uh, not, not, not really up to, to the previous standard. And, uh, but, uh, but it's a win and you're, you're, you're there and top of the table. And I guess Watford coming to Thurles in a fortnight, is really, they're really going to ask bigger questions of us. They will. And, but in terms, OK, there was energy levels were a little low in Co Park in the first half, particularly Liam acknowledged that. But in terms of... You know, the players that have been tried out, you know, I spoke to Ken about the half-forward line of Alan Tynan, Garrod O'Connor, Seamus Kennedy, with lots of other options of McGrath, uh, Jason, um, you know, Pat Bonnermar, lots of options there and to, to pick maybe three from six possibilities there. Does that please you? And you can make the same argument for the half-back line as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I suppose um, in, in fairness to Liam, since he's come in, he's, he's absolutely shuffles the pack unbelievably. He's brought in more players than, uh, and giving game time to more players than, than I've ever seen um, a manager do in the, in the recent past. Um, he's, really, he's really throwing out the net very, very wide and he's giving people an opportunity. And, uh, and the hope is that, I suppose, at the end of that, that you will, you will put together um, you know, a 15 that's able to, to, uh, that's able to compete against the likes of Limerick and, and the other teams uh, in, in the Munster Championship. Um, yeah, I would imagine yes. I didn't hear Liam now in the earlier interview, but I would, I would imagine that yesterday would have been a bit. Or Saturday, I keep saying yesterday. I guess that it was Saturday, but the Saturday would have been a bit disappointing for him. The, the, the first half was terrible from Tipperary. We were there was just no intensity in the game at all. We were standing off them. We were giving them the ball, just 
giving them far too much latitude, you know, which surprised me. I, I thought we'd really have been, you know, coming at Well, we struggled and, with Donald Burke, but I think he was in one of those forms that a lot of teams would have struggled with Donald Burke. Yeah, but it wasn't just Donald Burke. I mean, we were, we were struggling. We were second best in the first half. I know we were, what, applying to something up at half time, but very lucky to be there. And, uh, you know, the first three or four minutes, Dublin had four wides straight away. And uh, we were very lucky to be leading at half time because which was just a poor performance. We weren't we weren't really getting to the game, and uh, I, I thought that was disappointing because the attitude in other games had been very very positive and people were driving on. Um, Donald Burke, we, we we failed to put a glove on Donald Burke. I mean, he was he was just running right and uh, and scoring from all sorts of angles. Uh, a, a, a huge performance, admittedly, from him. But you know, you'd expect he didn't have he didn't have huge support in that Dublin forward line. Um, apart maybe from Alex Considine, who was a bit of a threat inside the full forward, but other than that, he had he had very little support. And uh, but yet he was absolutely running right against us. So it, you know, for me, Ronan, I, I guess you know, coming out of Cork Park on Saturday evening, the the big positive really was was Brian O'Mara. Um, that that really was the the takeaway from from this game, as far as I was concerned, um, because I, I was glad we'd moved away from that. You know, the experiment to Michael Breen at fullback and. Brian O'Mara just just had one of those games where he just shows the the potential that he has. That you know his his defending was was excellent, and uh, you know the blocking and the hooking that he did, the interceptions, the you know setting up setting up that second goal when he came out with that long clearance and all of that. But, um, but you're making an argument, JJ, for maybe him being our championship starting fullback. Well, I I, I think so. I mean, I I I mean, I said it in previous on previous weeks that. I didn't think the experiment with Michael Breen in there was working. No, and, you, in um, fairness to you, you've even mentioned Enda Heffernan as a somebody who could. Well, yeah, as as a possibility. Now yeah. he was there in the in the Dylan in the Dylan Kirk uh, uh, tournament game, and but that was, that was a sort of a scrappy game anyway. You couldn't really the judge anybody. Match, really, yeah. It really was. Um, but uh, no, it's good. I mean, I was coming out of Cork Park. I was I was just thinking uh, on Saturday evening. You know, we have say Rona Maher and and Brian O'Mara as as if you like the twin pillars in there in that defence and that the job then is to, to get the four best players around them um, you know, on, on, on the flanks. But that's that's really where the future has to go. Um, I was really disappointed Brian McGregor got injured because I, I thought he had started very well and, and I would have liked to have seen more of him there. Johnny Ryan, again, very combative uh, as ever, cornerback, you know. So so I, I think that's where the future has to lie. I mean, Brian, Brian O'Mara, he's a very similar player to, to Ronan in many ways, you know, in terms of physique and, you know, in terms of how he can, you know, op- open-side his play, how he can come out and cover, and he's very comfortable with the ball, and he's a great striker and very intelligent player. He, he has all the qualities. So I think that's, that, that was the real positive from, from this particular game. Um, but in other respects, I, I suspect that the management would have been dis- disappointed with it. Okay, just uh, have a look around the other. I think if you look at the t- uh, the two league tables, Munster teams are dominant. You know, you've you've Limerick mm-hmm. uh, uh, top of the other division, and you know if you're looking at semi potential semi finalists now, it could be four Munster teams. Absolutely. And yeah, does anyone want uh, that <laughs> with a Munster championship yeah. around the corner? That's I suppose where I'm going with this. Yeah, I know that, that, that that's a bigger issue and it, it's something that's been discussed, I suppose, the fact that we have this two-week break now again and as a result then you're going so close to the, the, the championship with, the, with the, the last few games of the of the league. Uh, so that, 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 is, that is an issue and it, it is a bigger issue. Um, but um, 
you, you know, you know, for, from a Tipperary perspective, I, I guess we have to acknowledge that we're in the weaker group here um, by far. I mean, if you look at, well, you I think that's the, fair. Yeah, when you looked at the the, um, the Limerick Galway match yesterday, I mean, the the intensity there it was at a different level to what we were talking about on Saturday night. And uh, I mean, I think if, if Tipperary played like they did on Saturday night against the likes of Limerick, we we'd just be blown away. I don't think we, we'd survive. Now, I know it's different games mm. and they, 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 they a different approach, obviously. Um, but, you know, you have to say uh, Limerick and Cork obviously going very well. Galway, when it comes to it, will, will be strong as well. And, you know, you've Clare doing what they did to Wexford. So all the big guns at the moment really are, are on the other side of the of, of the league. So really what I suppose Tip has to look forward to is, uh, I would say that Walford game is one to look forward to because they're not going particularly well either. And uh, Davy will need a, a big performance in the fortnight's time in Paulus. So I think that's one that could ask serious questions. We'd hope to beat Antrim up in Corrigan Park, so having to travel up there is, is, is never a given. But really then, the, the, the big game is going to be the, the league semi-final. That's, that's the one where, uh, you know, you, you'll have to have uh, something approaching your, your, your championship team available, a more settled form after that one. And uh, it's going to be a real tester, I think. I think you're essentially, if I'm to paraphrase you, the phony war isn't over just yet. So yeah. I, I don't think so. Um, you know, I, I just think we have. I think we've been we've been fortunate and, and uh, you know, thankful really that we've had the group we've been in. It has allowed a little bit of latitude for Tipperary, you know, to to, to do all that experimenting, to try and, and settle in and try and develop players and try and see who we have to put together because we need, we need five or six players to step up really with the the more established guys. That's what we're looking for, and and I think the league has has helped that. So. Hopefully by the by the latter stages, by the semi final stages, that you know things will, will be taking a bit more shape. Okay, well, a we'll lot to digest when it comes to presumably that semi final in due course. Uh, as always, JJ, many thanks for your analysis. We'll talk soon. Thanks, thanks, Ronan. Thanks indeed. That's JJ Kenley joining us there. Lots of people coming in. Some positives, some negatives in relation to uh, in relation to our tipper at Tommy with a particularly negative comment. Thank you, Tommy, but I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I think uh, I think Munster is finally, finally poised. I have to say, I think you can make an argument for any one of the five coming out of Munster, uh, a coherent argument for any one of the five, which makes it all so enticing and so attractive. Back in a bit. Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahearts.ie for their latest offers. Yeah, this is the last week for nominations for the February Tip FM Sports Star of the Month Award. We had our annual awards on Tuesday night. Um, Rachel Blackmore being presented with the Sports Star of the Year Award. All 12 nominees were from 2022 were, put, were there and put forward and their citations read. And finally, the panel of experts in Tip FM Towers came up with Rachel Blackmore as the winner of the overall Tip FM Sports Star of the Year for 2022. We've already had a really interesting 2023 because the January winner... Sean O'Keefe, the Clamell boxer who won a National League title up in the National Stadium in January. Lots of nominations coming in already for February. If you want to add to that, just send an email to sportstar at tipfm.com. Well, Longford was the venue for tip. Footballers this weekend had finished in a draw 14 points to 111. Lots to unpick on this one, to be honest, which is well. Let's hear a little bit from David Power, who was disappointed when he spoke to Paul Carroll at the end of the match on Sunday. Um, 
Look, I'm very proud of our lads. I think first of all, I think at half time, you know, I think we scored one six without replying the second half. We showed great heart, great spirit. Probably should have kicked a couple of more as well. Um, but yeah, look to where we've been the last couple of weeks. We've been in a dark place in terms, don't know, like our confidence is, but is really down to the floor really at this. St- but the lads really dug in, and we really should have seen it out. Being honest, um, um, don't know, like we we had other opportunities where don't we should have really nailed them. But look, it's 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 a step forward. I, I don't know. I still wouldn't have been happy with the first half. But we're too slow. We're too lateral. We need to be don't but that that's coming from a team that is lacking confidence as well, to be fair. But the second half, look, we told them at half time, look, we've got absolutely nothing to we have to go at this and by God they did and we scored a great goal and we scored some great points as well. But yeah, look, I suppose we're just frustrated that we didn't get the two points. Yeah, I was going to ask you what was said at halftime because uh, when we were on commentary, we were talking, it was kind of slow in that first half and he came out at second half and it was a whole different team. He set up nearly four or five goal chances in the first 15 yeah. minutes of the second half. It yeah, was a different team. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's frustrating. We probably should have scored another, like if we got at least another goal, the game was definitely over. Mm-hmm. I think we would have killed off Longford. But to be fair to Longford, look, they, they digged in, um, you know, but uh, I'd have to say with the help of the referee, uh, like, my God, um, some of the decisions there near the end don't have to be questionable and look we have to in saying that our discipline left us down at times as well I thought uh, there was at least two frees uh, that were pushed up because we were mounting back at the referee and that's not good enough from our point of view but how how the Kevin Fahey free at the end one given it does it does it's incredible yeah and, and we don't want to be talking too much about referees but the, the 45 with Jack Kendy to put four points between them it seemed to us that it was a normal routine 45 you take of 15 20 have you seconds. ever seen that Never, never. <laughs> it was overturned. I don't even know what that's for. Yeah. And and um, there was another free there in the first half. Um, I think it was Lee McGrath, the corner back. And and I went into the referee just to ask why he wanted it. And he said, like, that, 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 that he missed it. Like, And I said, like, that's after costing us another point. Mm. So, like, like, look, I don't want to be giving out about referees, but from our point of view, we're both fighting for relegation. The two points was going to be vital for both teams because it because it could get us going. Um, so that's where the frustration. But we must build on this now as well, and, and and I think that's crucial. We've always found it very hard going up to Longford, whether whether we've been in good form or or whatever. So this is this is a positive result, and then we must build on it now. Going up tennis kid and now next Sunday. That's uh, David Power speaking to Paul Carroll at the full time whistle in Longford yesterday. Let's have a quick word with Tom McGrath. Good evening to you, Tom. Hello, Ronan. Uh, we had a good discussion about tip football and where we were at last week and David picked up on that I think a little bit when the start of his comments when he was talking about the lack of confidence and low confidence in the dressing room and you can understand why the confidence was so poor particularly after the Antrim game but there's a lot to like about how we picked ourselves up particularly yeah, well, in the second was, half uh, Yeah well yeah, that's what I was going to say the pity was that it, it was was into second, it was the start of the second half before it kick started yesterday, but there was there had to be a lot a lot to be liked about it. But you know, he's making a bit of error about the about the decisions coming down the stretch. And I mean, there are the things that you know, like people will say, oh, you have to you have to take the good with the bad and all that. But they are very hard to take, and they're much harder to take when you're when you're struggling to build a bit of confidence. That you say, when well, sure, the gods are against us, we have no chance. Like, but the draw was the draw yesterday in Longford was no good to anybody. Like, really. No, it wasn't. Like, but no, that's really. It's it's probably going to take two wins to kind of save the thing at this stage. But and I felt the the Fermanagh one was a possibility, but 
the day after a bad start after putting three wins in the bounce so they're in a good position so we're not going to get any points there but the no. Offaly, Offaly and Westmead are our targets now because they're only on four points and they're getting sucked into the relegation in the things as well like so uh, if it's a question of building on the positives from forget about the things that went wrong coming down the stretch or what didn't go right in the first half uh, build on where the glass you mentioned to me last week about the glass I'm a glass half full merchant most of the time Yeah, and uh, like it's a question of build on that rather than trying to look at what the empty part of it like No, no I, get, I get that and just on decisions that go against you and I understand that you know it wasn't his finest hour the referee but having said that if you're five points up and you're just going rolling into stoppage time you sh- I suppose there's a bit of game management that we need to learn as well to make sure we see that out. Yeah, well, I suppose the, the killer was the, the, the 45. And apparently when the ref made his decision, uh, the linesman was only arriving on site to mark the 45. There was yeah. no ball there. And uh, sure, I, kind of, I don't know what the... I've never seen a 45 overturned like that because of presumed time wasting. Uh, yeah, but uh, like, but from a refereeing point of view, it's easy to deal with that. You just you just allow it at at the, at the finish. Like that that was being he being the centre of attention. And I mean, like, when did we see uh, a yellow card for Philip having a gum shield? That's yeah. been a while too. Like, yeah. and uh, sort of we see close ups of players in the bigger matches further on into the year, and there won't be a gum shield in sight. So I mean, that's that's the ref being the centre of attention, really. Like you know. Deal with the deal with the main stuff, like and get most of the decisions right, like. But don't you know? Don't go on an ego trip on small little yeah, things, like. I know, but yeah, let's yeah. Uh, like Paulie Fien back. I think. Yeah, that's a, that's a big plus, like, and he's kicking. He gives Tipperary an option out that possibly they, they wouldn't have had for a while. He can boom the ball from distance. I would have made a point last week about we not being not distance kicking, like. But he's he's we exclude him from that he's able to not alone kick from distance, but he's able to score from distance, and that's that's an option. And I think you have to be taking on those those shots every so often because that keeps the that keeps the the, the opposition backline kind of honest that they're going to have to push out a bit, and then that gives room for fellas inside and tip profits a bit from that yesterday in the sense that they were able to put ball in over the top and create goal, goal, scoring chances and goal chances at that as well but look they'll be, they'll be it's nice to be creating them and the next day hopefully they'll create them and they'll they'll score a couple of them your look will turn like that's the, the, the that, that's that's the main thing like uh, stay where you are Tom because Martin Quinlivan also joins us hi Martin hi Ronan how are you hi Tom have we learned, hello Martin have we learned Martin that there's 35 minutes of good football in us um, yeah, listen, there's good football in that team. Probably has been all year on, and they just, they, you know, I mean, in fairness to them, they've, they've been hit with, you know, some blows in terms of loss of personnel and everything that probably just sucked a lot of the belief out of them. I mean, you lose your captain is bad enough, but to lose your vice captain then, and it's hard going. But you know, don't you know, be any illusion that they're good. They're good. They're good footballers in that team. But I, you know, I know it's a high wire act. Um, sometimes at inter-county level between kind of just getting momentum and confidence and, and not and unfortunately right now we're in a situation where we've neither Fair enough and I know they're good footballers in the team I wasn't suggesting that but I'm just saying that as a team and getting a performance from those good footballers we seem to be only like the we start we had a good second half against Down we started well against Cavan but we haven't done more than 35 minutes of good football this, so far this league that's my point <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, and and there's probably a combination of factors in that, and through you know through errors, through you know mistakes, and it, it, they change the scoreboard, and that has impacts on confidence. But um, yeah, definitely, you know, you, they're, they're certainly I think with the the change to kind of the, the structures of the, of the GAI, you know, and watching into county football over the last years, I think it has taken a step up in terms of conditioning and in terms of fitness, even down the divisions. And uh, you know, maybe maybe we still have a little bit of a journey to go on that. And you know the turnover of players every year probably doesn't help because you know guys have, when they're in there two, three, four years they've kind of built up a, a, a residue of conditioning that they can bring to the field. But obviously if you're coming in new and you know you're dependent on you know two, three or you know, maybe a third of your team to be new players every year, they're not yet got that condition and that's just a constant cycle. But um, yeah, definitely it's something to to work on. In particular, you know where we're at right now, Ronan, with the results yesterday. If you if you're to look at it critically, I mean. You know, it probably will be a miracle for either Tip or Longford to to stay up. It's still possible, but we'd have to win two of our next three games. You know, maybe a small chink of light in that it's possible both Offaly and Westmead will have nothing to play for in the league by the time we get around to play them. But uh, nonetheless, you know, that's what we have to do. But I do think, and I do take your point on board, I think by the time we play Talchin Cup, because that then becomes the goal. I mean, we play Waterford in a Munster quarterfinal with the, you know, with, 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 with the prize for the winners to be a trip to Killarney to take on Kerry in a, in a Munster semi-final. So, yeah. you know, we'll quickly move on to the, to the Talchin Cup, which is around Robin this year. So it's three matches in, in the height of the summer in May and June um, against Division 3, Division 4 teams. And really, you know, to get something out of the year, I think, you know, if the league isn't going to work out in our favour, you know, then fine, you get whatever you can in terms of performances and more minutes into key players like the likes of Paddy Fee and etc. But the rest of it, and then you're saying, right, let's put a programme in place so that by the time the Talton Cup comes around, uh, we're, we're, we are, we, you know, we're able to put a 70 minute yeah. performance together well if and I don't know if either of you can answer this question Mark Russell is somebody that I think we need to get back on the pitch I think uh, uh, Conal Kennedy is somebody we need to get back onto the pitch because those Tom you, you were talking last week about Michael Michael O'Reilly having targets like he probably fiends back there for him but yeah. he'd love to, I'd say to have Mark Russell and Conal Kennedy team for as well yeah, maybe Stephen, maybe Stephen O'Brien to yeah, come under as well. Like, is, but there, but that means that you can go. He can go long, long with the kick, with the kick out. And if and if the opposition do pick up the break, well, at least they're picking up a break that's 90, 80, 90 meters from your own goal line, which is a which is, which is a big help, like. Yeah, absolutely. For Manor next Sunday, isn't it? For Manor next Sunday, yeah, and. You know, and there now there's talks that it might be in a skill and that it could be somewhere maybe a little bit more north of there. And I, <laughs> yeah, didn't, look I, at, think I, I didn't look at the maps and I said, listen, the ski is the place that I... Yeah, Eden, Eden, Eden Derry or Eden Dark or someplace. It's a one, and it's also brought forward to 1pm 1, 1 throw-in. 1 o'clock. Sunday. So um, I presume the team will travel on Saturday anyways. You'd expect that they would. So yeah. they'll be in the vicinity. And I know the great men in the Friends of Tipperary and women in the Friends of Tipperary football are, are running a bus up. So they'll have an early start catch a one o'clock throw in but um, you know it's probably one run and where nobody's going to give them a chance for Manor had three wins in a row sitting I think just behind Cavan you know pushing for promotion um, but look you know stranger things have happened uh, I remember us getting a draw up there and you know 
I remember us going, to, going, to, going to our man getting the win so don't I remember yeah, look, nobody it, fancied that it, either. It, it can happen yeah, and look we will take a bit of confidence of our, of, out of yesterday I mean you're probably unlucky not to win yeah, um, and uh, you know you will take something out of that and sometimes that can be a trigger but as I said you know hopefully you know two weeks time three weeks time hopefully come to Turles yeah. and then you go to Westmead and Westmead are in an unusual position because they're already in the Sam Maguire for next year and if they don't get promoted it probably means three of the Division 2 teams won't play Sam Maguire next year and there'll be a lot of there'll be a lot of shouting and roaring about that in the fullness of time but um, you know so maybe yes. they might well have their league uh, you know concerns over by the time we go up in the last match and that might just give us a chink to see five points and probably see us up at this to stay up at this stage but um, definitely you know we have to be realistic as well it is a tall order It is Gentlemen i got to fly but thanks for your time we'll talk next week thanks indeed Cheers, okay. Martin Quinlivan and Tom McGrath joining us there just before I go any further uh, Upper Church Dunban are having a raffle to try and raise funds for grounds development. It's a new John Deere tractor which is worth €125,000. My God, tractors are expensive, aren't they? 125 grand, brand new John Deere. Or if you don't want a John Deere tractor, you can get €100,000 in cash. Draw is taking place this Saturday. Only a few days left to buy a ticket. Tickets are €50 Euros and can be purchased online at winanewjohndeere.ie winanewjohndeere.ie All proceeds, as I say, going to ongoing ground development and while I'm on that Ardfin and GA are currently um, raffling off a camper van I think at the moment and uh, again all proceeds going to Ardfin and GA club we wish them well with that 083 311 Tony Smith on the line how are you Tony? Hi Ronan uh, Tip ladies on the road for once but still getting a win against Monaghan Yeah great win Ronan we can, we can honestly say this year we have full points from our away matches <laughs> Good one, Tony. <laughs> you were always the mathematician. Fair play to you. So, um, <laughs> so listen, they they recovered from the disappointment, I think, of losing by a single point against Leash last week. Oh, they did, and uh, it was a difficult assignment because uh, the conditions. There was a wind there. There was a slope in the pitch, and we played with wind and slope in the first half, and it was only five points each at half time. So it was obviously a tough struggle for the second half, but. Uh, the girls were brilliant in the second half. Was, I would put it down as our best performance of the year so far. Well, I must ask about the transition from, like, we've a wonderful facility in Feathers, and I'm not for a moment uh, being negative about it, but if you're concentrating all your efforts on that surface, which is a 4G, whatever it is, surface, yeah. and then you go to grass, and a grass with yeah. a slope and a wind, it's a very yeah. different environment to play football on. It is, but I, I must say this, Ronan, the pitch was a new pitch. Now, when I, when I say slope, now I'm talking a very slight slope. But um, the surface of the pitch was excellent because you know the history of Maharak Loon. That's where the sinkhole was five years ago. Oh, right. So yes, I remember have, that. Uh, yeah, so they have complete new facilities at the moment and they have one pitch. <laughs> Do you take your life in your hands made. when you play football on that? Pardon? Do you take your life in your hands when you play football on that? No, 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 no. It's moved to a new location. Oh, right. There. Okay, sorry. And, my apologies. Uh, it, I was only being It was an excellent condition and we were, we were told up there yesterday that in fact, that will only be the second pitch that they're laying another new pitch uh, at right angles to it, more or less. And uh, it just shows you the facilities they have will be fantastic. But uh, we would have no complaints with the surfaces of the pitch. The pitch was excellent. Okay, fair enough. But a fair place for the girls to transition between those surfaces, I think, is the point I'm Oh, making. yeah. It's, it's, it's a big change, right? It is, There's yeah. no doubt about it. So who's next? Armagh, is it? No, next is Tyrone Ronan on the, 19th, on the 19th of March in Feathered. And then the last game is Armagh on the 26th of uh, March in Feathered. So as things stand... Uh, if we win both those games, we're in the in the league final. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, listen, everyone wants it. Home home games with 
with um, your fate in your own hands. You can't ask for much more than that at this time. No, of year. no, but it's an awful pity that we didn't get at least a draw against Leeds because yeah. unfortunately, head if Leeds win their last, if, if, if Leeds win their last two games and and we drop points, then the head to head will catch us. That's true. It, the Armagh game is, is really pivotal in that one. Tony, I got a flight, but uh, thanks okay, for your time. Roland. Take care thanks and thanks for, for your time. Bye. That's Tony Smith. Uh, congratulations to the girls. We have a quick break take. Back with rugby after this. Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by La Heart Skoda. The new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out lahearts.ie for their latest offers. Bam. Extra time on Tip FM, brought to you by La Heart Skoda, the new name for Skoda in County Tipperary. Check out laheart.ie for their latest offers. Yeah, you're welcome back to Extra Time. We're here until 8 o'clock. Um, last week, obviously, news reached us. Sad news of the death of Mickey Burns of Nina. Um, we extend our condolences to his family and all involved in Nina era Og on the passing of one of the greats of the Tipperary hurling golden era. When you think about it, Mickey would have played in eight All-Ireland finals, winning five of them, and uh, had a stellar career, played winning North Championships as well with Nina and going on to play club hurling in Fox up in Dublin as well and uh, a man who wore his achievements very very lightly and was a true gentleman and we can extend our condolences to everyone uh, his family in particular and the passing sad passing of one of the other w- one of the great links we have back to the golden age of Tipperary hurling in the uh, late 50s and into the 60s as well and we're going to change sport because Alan Quillen's on the line. Hi, Alan. Um, good morning, thanks. Uh, lots to talk about uh, after the victory over Italy and lots to talk about in general. Can I just start by talking a little bit about the two red cards in the France-Scotland game? I, they were clearly red cards, but when are we going to get to a stage where players learn that if anything, that any contact with the head, be it the Scottish tackle or the diving headbutt by the French prop, are going to result in red cards and p- players' behaviour has to change? Yeah, it's been um, something that's been going on on for a while, I think. And, and to be fair, the referees are kind of acting on it. And um, those two red cards yesterday were definite red cards, I think. And players' behaviours, uh, the way they're going to change and, and try and take back the impact. Um, it's frustrating to see some of these incidents still going on. I think if you look at the the Grand Gilchrist red card, uh, right from the kickoff when Scotland kicked off, um, Anthony to launch the, the number six for France, charged back, caught it, ran, went into the Scottish defenders, and it was a similar tackle, maybe a like for like. Well, the only difference was Gilchrist was lower, and he hit his chest the first time. Um, France scored, and then there's a kickoff again, and, and the same two players, Matt Ferguson and, and Gilchrist, are involved in the tackle, and the same player again, and this time he catches him at the chain, and there was force in it and um, I don't know, it's split moment decisions from players but that last kind of bit of force into the tackle, that's what they're trying to eliminate. It's mm. not just stop the headshots but it's just and it, it takes some of the impact off, out of the game but unfortunately we're still seeing some of it. Um, but, Mohamed Howes' head charge and, and Ben yeah. Wise was crazy stuff yeah, as was, well. And, it was uh, bonkers. Like he didn't have to do. If I was his teammate, I'd be furious with him. You're, you're a man up. You have two tries to to zip. Yeah, they were cruising at that stage, weren't yeah. they? Why on earth you'd you'd, you'd even even up the, the the playing numbers by doing that? Anyway, the other thing that struck me about the Scotland red card was if it weren't for the f- intervention of the French physio, 
it mightn't have been reviewed at all because he actually physically went to the referee and said that guy needs to come off. Correct. And I think that's what, um, again, you, you, you've picked that up correctly, Ronan. It should have been picked up. Yeah. Uh, ben Whitehouse is the TMO and in fairness, he's very good at his, what he does. He's a very good referee as well, he is. Um, but there's a lot going on. There's every, nearly every rock or tackle area now you could look at and there's potentially people kind of talking the arm and making contact with people's heads. But look, um, it was looked at rightly so then and, uh, and there was a serious impact there for Gilchrist. I understand he's trying to lay down a marker and Jalange is a very physical player as well. But uh, yeah, it was much too high yeah, yeah. and uh, unfortunate to see it. Uh, let's just go to Saturday in the game in Rome and what struck me about it and please correct me because I think defensively we're playing a lot of players who are 12s natural 12s and trying to force them into a 13 position and it's not the same position when it comes to defensive line, defensive reads and now I'm looking at it and I'm thinking Gary Ringrose is nearly as important to Ireland as Johnny Sexton Yeah he is and I think maybe if Andy Farr knew earlier in the week that that wasn't he wasn't going to play Ringrose. I think he might have looked at things differently. I think James Hume has is someone from Ulster who's been coming through and went on the tour to New Zealand last summer. He had a strong finish to the season with Ulster. He's a very talented uh, 13 to play for Ulster. Um, Anton Frisch this year has been superb for Ulster. I think he's a like-for-like with Ringrose. Obviously, to get to the level Ringrose is at, you know, he's he would have been winning his 50 cap at the weekend. He's a wonderful player and such a good defender. It's a hard channel to defend. Um, so I think Andy Farrell, my cap, felt that, you know, Bundyaki could do the job there. But obviously, it's something they've learned now again that, you know, it's, uh, it's a hard position to fill. And, um, you know, maybe if, if, if Gary Ring was. I think if Robbie Henshaw is available, he has played 13 numerous occasions for, for Leinster and for a couple of times for Ireland as well. Um, no, I just think that, I think in, you've got to give the Italians a lot of credit as well for how they read that and exploited. it. They didn't, have, didn't so, have a lot of time, so. didn't have a lot of time to to plan how they were going to exploit the very, 212. Very much so. And I think, Ronan, what they will, what Ireland will take out of this is the injuries they've had against Wales, against France, the changes and different personnel he's put in against Italy, being mindful of still missing a number of first, um, you know, frontline players. The Bundyaki stuff there on 13, that they need to find some alternatives. He hasn't a lot of rugby played Bundyaki either, which no, makes it more difficult for him. So it's fitness levels and sharpness and all that kind of stuff. And it's a very hard channel. I've often heard my Driscoll talk about. You know, you just have to be switched on all the time. with players inside out, you running at you, and you have to drift, understand when to come up and stop the ball, all that kind of stuff. Communicate so, with your winger hugely. Yeah, so he 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 learned a lot from that. And look, it wasn't their best performance, but I felt that they were composed, controlled, and that's what I like about this Irish time team. There's no panic at the moment, and Italy have come, improved dramatically. You know, I said last week if we won by a score, it was a good result. Yeah, uh, to, to win by a bonus point and two scores. Um, and have the ability to look back. Um, it's always a tricky fixture, and Italy have certainly improved dramatically. There's evidence to back up that. It's just not uh, people saying that. They beat Wales last year in the Six Nations in Cardiff. They beat Australia in November. They beat Samoa in November. They were five minutes um, away from beating France as well. Superb against yeah. France. So there's, there's a number of factors, and the evidence yes. is there to say they've improved. And it's great to see. 
for a lo- such a long time we've been you know frustrated that um, Italy haven't been more competitive. But they've a very good group of players now who attack. They've a great coach, and um, you know overall I think Andy Farrell will be very pleased. No it's doubt. All, all into place for him, and uh, but Scotland's going to be a different test this Ab- Sunday week. Absolutely, and we might have touch base Jay, in relation to that. And of course, Alan, I've got to fly. Many thanks for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Take care. Alan Quinlan joining us there. Just before we go off air, we've only about two minutes left. Barry Ryan is on the line. Hi, Barry. How are you, Ronan? So much to talk about. And I'm going to start with Galbally. They got promoted. Fair play. Yeah, they did. Um, and a lot of that is on the back of having a brilliant youth team last year that um, won the youth league as well. And a couple of those players, um, young English, um, have been integrated into that as well and have done really, really well. So there's a nucleus of youth and experience. Yeah, uh, Cashel Town uh, felt the the might of St Michael's with a six, with a two nil win, and then Peak Villa put six past V. But the results, perhaps, of the weekend might have been wilderness against Bancha. Yeah, look, uh, that that should keep them secure now. Sean Brown on the double again. Um, we'll have more time to talk another night, but I, I'd love to kind of speculate has he scored twenty goals in a team that's fighting relegation? Um, really standout player. Sean Brown is he the new Sean O'Hara? I, I actually think he is and I think he's the new Aaron Maroney um, well. he's the new striker in Clamel that's, that's that big strong physical striker I would love someone maybe from Willies might let us know uh, just how many goals he scored in the last three or four seasons and just if you'd indulge me for one moment two huge results over the weekend in school by football um, Clamel Town under 13 has beaten Fingless to qualify for the National Cup quarter final and, and two mile of under 16 has beaten the holders um, to qualify for the quarter final of the under 16 cup phenomenal results yeah, and drilled to to uh, to, to to comment on those uh, in the cup. Clamwell Town went up to Two Mile Boris, who did play a lot of that match with only ten men. Now Town beat them three 0 up in Newhill Park. Yeah, look, a standout result because I think everybody looked at the draw and said that's a really really tricky one. Um, so that is a huge result for Clamwell Town. Yes, they did go down to ten men after thirty five minutes. Two Mile Boris did, but it was one 0 I think at the time. So Clamwell Town had made a bright start. Um, it's a huge result and it keeps them ticking along nicely. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, lots of football yet to be played like that. Monster Junior Cup has to come around soon, isn't it? The Monster Junior Cup is Sunday week, and of course, this coming Sunday, St. Michael's will go up to Buncrana. Buncrana. Uh, which is huge and I know St Michael's watched them on Sunday and Moncrana won 1-0 in the Ulster Junior Cup semi-final so they are motoring so it's a really really difficult assignment Yeah I'm looking forward to it Barry as always many thanks for your time tonight appreciate Thanks very it. much Ronan Take care it's Barry Ryan joining us there Ah busy show again one texter asks how does Ronan rule Kilkenny out of the league I didn't rule anyone out of the league I just said if you look at the tables right now you could make an argument that there would be a four monster teams in the semi-final that's not necessarily how it'll pan out and there'll be a lot of hurling played over the last two rounds of the National Hurling League and Kilkenny and Waterford still have to play each other so uh, I, I take your point that's all we've time for I'm afraid Ian O'Connor produced tonight we'll be back to you next Monday night good night and good luck hello thanks for waiting could you hold the line yeah no problem